Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hi, we're back. We're that much closer to Christmas. Um, we're about a week away or a little more. Well, we're eight days away and we're, we're, we're going to try to do this show on Christmas Eve, but who knows where we'll be or what we'll be doing. But for now, we're back home. We're <clears throat> off the road for two days. And then we're going down to Phoenix tomorrow. Some of our kids accuse us of favoring those who live in warm climates when it gets to be wintertime and Christmas time. But that's not true, is it, Linda? Come on. I don't no, think so. No, not for me anyway. You're the sun, sun bunny. Linda's sitting here trying to thread a needle. What are you, what are you going to sew today, honey? What are you, <laughs> oh, you got it. You threaded a needle. I did. And so oh, she's sewing up her coat. On this. Her coat popped the other day and feathers came out all over you. Thought, I thought it was snowing. We were Crazy. in a theater. We were on the front row of the balcony and snow was falling down and it was actually feathers from <laughs> Linda's <laughs> coat. my coat. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I don't know how that happened. But So today anyway. we're going to talk about grandparenting, but if you're a parent and not a grandparent, don't tune out because this involves you. This involves Y-O-U. But before we do that, a couple little house cleaning things, Linda. Um, uh, we're, the title of the show today is, Can Grandparents Save the World? That's a provocative question. I think you, we actually have some thoughts on that. And uh, uh, that reminded me that that's also the title of our newspaper column, which is coming up this week. We try to merge these sometimes when we can. And for those of you who haven't discovered the, the BYU Radio website yet, it's actually a really good site. Our, our producer, his name is Cole, who we appreciate a lot, always keeps our part of it up to date. If you just go to BYU Radio and click on Shows, It'll show all the shows that come on BYU Radio, and ours happens to be on the top row. I think it's alphabetical, and you can click on ours on the road, and then it'll show you all of the past shows. You can listen to them as easy as a click, and it'll also show you some links, and I wanted to refer to the newspaper column link. You can go there anytime. Just click on newspaper column. And sometimes there will be more detail on the newspaper column than on the subject we've been talking about if they happen to match up that week. And you'll also see Ayer's free books. We're trying to give away all of our books now. That's our goal. Our goal is to make all of our books free. We can't do all of them yet because some of them still have active copyrights and they're still selling like gangbusters in stores. Ha ha. <laughs> but... Uh, we can't, we're trying to get them all online. And then there's values parenting side, and there's even uh, uh, some sites that uh, have to do with um, what we're doing and where we're going and that kind of thing. But mainly it's parenting, and there is a newspaper column this week on what we're talking about today. There, that was kind of sloppy, but I got those things out of the way. There we go. Um, we do have to say that we have been on the road. Um, we've had a fun week. Uh, we started actually um, with meeting our newest granddaughter. She's just yeah. born two weeks ago. We and talked a little about her last week, little Faith Campbell Iyer. But we haven't seen her yet. And so we really. Oh, that's right. We, we were, were in Palm Springs. We were dying to see her. But anyway, we do um, know because the, we went straight from Palm Springs and we dove, dived, 
into Orange County, into into Orange County, and six little six kids. little kids. Oh my gosh, we're exhausted. Oh my goodness, we're exhausted. Think about the parents. Oh my well, goodness. Well, our goal, Linda's goal, when we go to visit kids and grandkids, Linda's goal is always to let the parents have a rest. So Linda ends up shopping and cooking and cleaning and uh, I end up you know telling stories to the grandkids honey <laughs> let me tell you something it's never a rest when you have a new baby never well it's a, it's a more of a rest when you're there than when you're not now this lucky daughter-in-law those are just such an angel and her mom had been there for and mom and dad had been there on full duty for a week and boy when we got there we realized we had all four of us going every single direction every day. I mean, kids, four kids in tennis and three in piano lessons and two basketballs and the dad is the coach. And, oh, my goodness, we're just going, going, going all the time. I don't know how they do that Oh, on it's their a own, young, the parenting is a I guess young we did person's it. job. You know, that <clears throat> it really is. But I think, I think the great thing, you know, when you hold a new baby. Well, let me ask you this question, Linda. Is holding an infant different when you're the grandparent holding that infant than it is when you're the mom or the dad holding that infant? Definitely. It's a whole different feeling. Why is that? I mean, the babies are the same. What's the difference? I know. And some people say, oh, grandparenting is so much better than parenting. And in some ways it is because you can turn the child back over <laughs> to the parents. <laughs> And go do your thing. And you don't have to nurse the baby. And you don't need to nurse the baby. Don't <laughs> don't say don't have to. I mean, it's such a joy to have those little children in your home. And boy, you know, you just forget so fast. I promised myself I would never forget how hard that was when we were had our nose to the grindstone for about twenty years. But you know, you do. You get some independence and. And uh, realize, and some of you maybe never get independence because you live next door to your children and you're still babysitting a lot. But we have been lucky to, I mean, not lucky, but that our ch children are not close to us. And so we have to go see them. Well, and here's why I, wanna, I want all of you who are listening to keep on listening, even if you're not a grandparent, because... Our whole feeling is, and, and boy, do we feel strongly about this, is we travel all around the world. The best families are the ones that think of themselves as at least three generations, the parents, the grandparents, and the children. And where there's an integration on that and where there's a teamwork, I think is the right word, families are so much better and they're actually so much easier, only in the sense that many hands make light work. And when the grandparents are somewhat involved. It's tricky because there are many cases, of course, where grandparents think they know it all and, they're, and they don't think the parents know anything. And there's all kinds of problems and conflicts and bad feelings and resentments and jealousies and, and power struggles that can go on. But where it is organized and where the grandparents recognize that, hey, the parents are the stewards. I like that word stewards. They have the stewardship. Parents have the stewardship of the children. They're the ones directly responsible. They're the ones who really need to call the shots and have the final say. Grandparents should think of themselves as the consultants or the helpers or the, the role players, if you want a sports metaphor, who can come in and do a little rescuing and and, and help with things the parents don't have time to do. And what do you mean by role players? Well, I mean a role player in that you're not completely responsible for every aspect of the child's life. But if you 
sit in consultation with the parents and, and really know what the parents are worried about with regard to a certain child, you may be the one that's able to step in and, and solve that problem. Now, most of the world, when you say family, you're not talking about a nuclear family. You're talking about a three-generation family. And oftentimes, the grandparents live in the home with the parents and the children. That is rare here in this country, although it happens a lot. But whether you live there or not, the thing we advocate is a sort of a proactive grandparenting where you're willing and able to try to supplement, maybe that's the best word, the parenting of the parents. Now, the best situations happen when the parents sort of take charge and, and say, let's meet once a month, let's talk about the kids with you, our parents, the kids' grandparents, and let's team play what the kids need and who can supply those needs. Uh, you know, you're talking about that reminds me of when we were traveling a lot internationally, we were, I'm trying to think of, I think it was in Indonesia, we were in a, with a Muslim family and um, an extended family. And they all were, had lived in extended family situations. And it was so interesting because um, the boy, the mother, the the matriarch of the family is the ruler of the house and that's difficult because when they all live in one house it's hard for to make your own really house. i'm kind of glad but, we don't have that but i do much. remember going to um a home once and they were talking about having a, having a family gathering and having us come back and do some coaching and uh, they said you know for this year we're remodeling our big complex and so we're each going off to live in our own houses and um, we don't know how that's going to be. They were a little apprehensive about it, actually. And they're, then used, they're used to living together. They were that that's that was their mode of operation. And so we actually did. Uh, I talked to her later, a few months later, and she said, "You know, we're kind of liking this. <laughs> we're not all in the same house, <laughs> but uh, we're anticipating being back together, and that'll be so fun." But it is a different lifestyle. It's totally amazing when you're you're totally enmeshed with three generations in one so house. so i guess what i want to say is that i think the best of all worlds is where you've got three generations the grandparents don't live in the same house but the grandparents are are informed and involved in various ways with the grandkids now what if you live a long way from your grandkids you know thank goodness for social media there's so many things that you can do there's so many things you can still be in charge of. And in many parts of the world, it really falls to the grandparents to teach values to the children. And more and more in this country, we're in a situation here in the U.S. where both parents are working, where they really may not have as much quality time with the children as they'd like. And sometimes grandparents can be in a position to, on weekends or after school once in a while or whatever, you can find some time with those kids and what we advocate and what we try to do, although it's not easy because we now have 29 grandkids, it all comes down to having an, don't you think Linda, an individual relationship with each grandchild. This is not something you can do in groups, although you have wonderful Grammy camps and when we're at reunions, we try to get kids all together and, and have small fun groups with them. And small groups, and yeah. smaller groups, but the real, where the rubber meets the road, is having an individual 
relationship with each grandparent. And one of my prized possessions, which I'm going to commit myself to do better on by telling you radio listeners that I'm going to do better, is I have a book that has all the grandkids, each one of them has a little section. And I need to keep it updated. I need to, to know what's their favorite things they're doing right now. What are their biggest challenges right now? Who are their best friends right now? What are the things they're worried about right now? And just a few notes in that grandparents book. So I'm aware of them. So I'm, I'm not thinking of them as an amorphous group. I'm thinking of them as 29 unique little individuals. And they are unique. They are definitely unique, and I, I think what I, my goal is to make every child feel like they're my favorite, <laughs> and that's not always easy, um, but it is really important to have a personal relationship. Boy, we're, this is we're up to twenty nine. Some of you could be forty five. I don't know. It's, I don't know how. Well, whether you keep you've got one or whether you've or got fifty. Some of you have six, or some of you have two, or some of you are just starting. But and this, we're going to take a little break here, and then when we come back. We're going to give you some specific ideas of how to develop personal relationships with those grandchildren and possibly change the world. And we may even tie it back into Christmas. We'll be right back after this break. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. We're talking about grandparenting today. Can grandparents save the world, Linda? Um, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they can. I think grandparents are going to save the world. If you look at population or demographic studies, Guess what the fastest growing part of the population yeah, is? Yeah, that's true. The growing percentage of the population. I mean, it's not growing in that grandparents aren't being born, but it's growing in that people are living longer, and the percentages of the population that are over 60, over 65 is swelling. And at the same time, like I said earlier, parents are both working. Maybe they don't have the time they like with the kids. And grandparents can step in. Grandparents really, you know, we try to outline in, in some of our writing lately that there's sort of four ways to approach grandparenting. There's the passive thing where you're kind of like, I'm done. I raised the kids. I'm done. I'm out of here. Let's go live in Sun City and play golf. And then there's kind of the middle ground where they're like, yeah, I'll help if you really need me to. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I'd like to see the kids once in a while and give them a birthday present and a Christmas present. And, you know, that's just not cutting it. I think if you want the full joy of grandparenting, you have to do It's like anything else in life. If you approach it passively, reactively, that's one thing, but it's, it's not a joy producer for either you or the grandkids. But if you're proactive, if you actually sit down and say, what does this kid need? And can I help at all with it? And then you talk it over with the parents and you get involved and you know these kids and you like to call them, you like to text them. I say, call them. Do any, do any grandkids answer the phone anymore? I don't think so. You have to text them. Well, if it's their phone, they answer it. I mean, our teenagers have phones and so oh, they either answer or text right back. But there are some ways to really communicate with kids that is uh, really important. And texting is one. Texting is our best right now. I just was reading a Christmas card from someone 
who said they really got onto Snapchat once their first grandchild was born because well, they some were do just FaceTime, although that, that's fading that. a little. They all do Instagram. And, you know, for us, it's interesting because we're sitting in our kitchen and uh, I'm sitting here looking at our pulse, which our children gave us a few years ago, which is a digital frame, photo frame, a digital photo frame that is just showing our grandchildren. One grandchild is popping up at a time or one little family, but usually just individual grandchildren doing something. And uh, it just is so great. In fact, it's so it great. It keeps you aware of them. It kind of keeps them on your mind. Um, do you think any of our kids listen to no, this don't, show? No, don't even say that. Just I have a more impersonal way of saying it. You can now get these digital photo frames where everyone in the family has one, and all you do is email something out, and um, it shows up on these frames, which you can hang on your wall like a picture frame, and every day there will be new pictures of your grandkids coming on there. That's not, not a bad thing. It's absolutely an awesome thing. And of course, honestly, Instagram does the same thing. Instagram, true. But, um, you know, you don't always, always have Instagram. This is just going all the time. And this is so fun because some of these pictures are when our grandchildren were five years younger. And you realize how quickly they grow up. It's just is really amazing. We do try, because our kids are spread all over the world, as we've mentioned before. We have a family in Switzerland, a family in England. We have a family in Hawaii. And we have two in um, Phoenix. We have one in Boston, one in New York, and uh, two in California. So Pretty yeah, lucky. They're all fun places to they're visit. They're fun places and to visit. And they all have guest rooms. Well, no, actually, some of them only Oh, have we've listened a fair amount of time on air mattresses, especially <laughs> in our 450-square-foot apartment in New York City. But we just can't stand not to be with them. And um, honestly, it is so amazing when we get to be with them, even though, you know, sometimes there's four or five, six kids. You still have to figure out a way to have just a quick little Grammy date or a quick little grandfather date. It's or, almost like it's almost this is a funny way to say it, Linda, but it's almost like you want a, a little exclusive club with each of your grandchildren. And um you pick out something they're really, really interested in, and then that just becomes a natural talking point whenever you see them. Like, we've got one uh, 16-year-old grandchild now. He and I have the Tesla Club. He can tell me, oh, we're going to go test drive a Tesla next week. He can tell me more about Teslas than any other person than a, than a Tesla salesman. But then you might have a little kid who is playing the cello. You might have the cello club with him. And and you learn, the key to it is, I mean, this sounds obvious, but a lot of grandparents, it, it's, it should be their agenda, not yours. In other words, if you're a grandparent who says, well, I want to teach them all to be honest, and whoever they are, whenever I see them, I'm going to talk to them about honesty. That actually might be a great goal to have, but you know, what you don't want is to set yourself up in the mind of your grandchildren as someone who always has a lecture or who always wants to has an agenda. Has an agenda. Yeah. You want you want you want it to be their agenda. You want to become <clears throat> you want to be their best cheerleader. I mean, that's a funny maybe a, a better word is you want to be their champion. Whatever they're interested in. And I find that so easy to do as a grandparent to say to give them po positive affirmation, to praise them on so many levels, because, you know, 
the, the wonderful thing about it is grandchildren really sort of can do no wrong in your eyes. I mean, they really are so special to all. I've never met a grandparent who doesn't feel that way. And so telling them specifically why they're so special and what's unique about them and why you appreciate them and why you're proud of them and why you're glad that they're your grandchild. These are fantastic, important things for grandkids to hear. And you have a chance to do it a little easier and a little more freely maybe than the parents do who are all wrapped up in how to discipline them or how to get them to be motivated. Or, or how to things. survive the day. It really is amazing how uh, how much difference it can make if you really are involved. I mean, I, it's not that we are... I, I don't know if save the world is the right thing, but we might be saving the child. And there are so many people now that are not having families. Family is not a uh, big issue in their lives. They're independent. They'd rather just be on their own. And um, so many who are not bringing children into the world. And we just think this is such an important thing for not only each child, but for society to have a loving family and grandparents that can step in. I know some of you have difficulty, difficult grandchildren, and there are really serious things that need to be dealt with. Well, what I, what I mean by save the world, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but in a way it's not. I mean, you know, we've just, we've been out speaking a lot on, on our new book, which is called Life in Full, and it's directed at baby boomers. Baby boomers, by the way, are people born between 1946 uh, and 1964. And so all baby boomers are now in their 50s or their 60s. And as we travel around speaking to groups in that age range, um, you know, there's so many interesting. This is the first generation that can probably expect to live another 20 years when they're 65, 20 good years where they can be productive and so on. And, and when you think about saving the world, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have, demographically speaking, there, there's going to be a smaller percentage of younger people to pay the taxes that take care of older people. It's like some demographers call it the inverted pyramid. But that doesn't matter if the grandparents, if the baby boomers themselves remain active. There's so many people now who, after they retire, are finding a second career, um, maybe working for a voluntary agency or for a charitable organization of some kind or an NGO or using the talents that they've developed in their career to help in the community, maybe to be a, a tutor or a mentor or a teacher's helper, so many constructive things that can be done. But our point is always this, first, your first responsibility, the first place to look to make a contribution is to your own grandchildren. And the first thing to do with those kids is to get an individual relationship with every single one of them. And, well, you know, people know we have 29, they say, can you even remember all their names? And I I kind of chuckle, but not only can we remember their names, and I'm not tooting our horn, I think there are a lot of grandparents who do this. You, you remember not only their name, do. you remember a lot of unique and wonderful things about them. I could lay in my bed, as I did for a while this morning, and think about each grandchild, and it just makes you smile because they're so 
they're so special, each one of them. They are. Even those who are struggling with something at the moment. And um, our prayers often include the thought that we don't know everything that's always going on. We just have to hope that God will watch over them. But it is really interesting. We did discover a way to, to learn what's going on in their minds a little bit better. Um, last summer, we sent out a questionnaire, and we probably talked about this on the radio then, but um, if you didn't happen to tune in, let us uh, refresh your memory. We sent out this survey of uh, just ask each child to fill it out and send it back to us. Of not only you know their favorite food and all that, but what they were really thinking about and what do you wish you were better at? And what will you what will you never do? And what would you like to do? And um, some interesting answers. Some really is. I mean, and funny ones. <clears throat> One uh, one of our grandchildren who we were just with last week, when we asked, what would you like to be better at? He, you could just see him, his wheels going, thinking, thinking. He said, you know, I'd, I'd like to be better at hypnotism. <laughs> I want to <laughs> be able to hypnotize people. He's 10 years old. <laughs> you know, it really is funny. And then others, you know, you say, well, what would you never do? And you're, you're hoping like drugs and, you know, alcohol and things like that. And um, so... This one little girl was with Rig one day. Um, I think we've told this before. We probably have, but it's <laughs> worth repeating because it's so funny. I said, what will you never do, Eliza? Hoping that she'd say, oh, I'll never, ever smoke or drink. She said, I'm never going to ride a bike naked. I said, what? In public. She said, well, I saw we were in San Francisco and there was this guy riding a bike naked. I said to myself, I will never do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is funny how um, one... Different grandparents have different ideas. I love the fact, I used to work for George Romney. You want to know how old I am? When I was a college student, I worked for Mitt's father, George Romney. And one thing George always did, when his kids, grandkids, would turn 12, he took them for a motorhome trip. And they always started in Michigan where they lived, and they went to Washington, D.C., and he taught them about politics, and they drove all the way across the country, and he had all that time with them in the car, and a motorhome, actually. And then they got to Salt Lake City, and he told them all the roots of their ancestors and the church and so on. And those kids said, man, when we got home, we knew two things, the Republican Party and the Mormon Church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you know that was a fun thing, and we actually have tried to do that. With in fact, our we've got we've got a group coming but, up. We've got three yeah. granddaughters who've turned twelve, and we're supposed to have our motorhome trip with them. Sometimes it's not an actual motorhome; it might be a a drive to Las Vegas, or with one group, it was just a trip to Lagoon. But boy, did they have a yeah, good time! Yeah, but it was in a motorhome. Yeah, we stayed remember. overnight. Yeah. So we got to figure that out. But it really is important to. Been, I mean, there's nothing like just time with those kids to figure it out. And sometimes small groups is really fun because you see how they interact with each other. And um, so we have one grandchild that just is kind of miserable no matter who she's with sometimes. And and it's so nice to see her integrate and just be comfortable and happy with, with her cousins. I think you want your grandkids to just feel relaxed when they're around you. Just They just know you love them unconditionally. And darn it, Linda, we're out of time. I was just getting warmed up on grandparenting. I know. We're just going to have to continue sometime. But we hope you have a great week up to Christmas this week. We hope that you're loving uh, doing what you're doing and being with whom you're being, and especially with your grandchildren. If you're a grandparent, we hope you get to spend time with those grandkids at Christmas. 
If you're a parent, we hope your parents and your grandkids surround you, the generation on each side, making it a Merry Christmas for all. Good luck with that. See you again next time on Iron on the Road.